Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. This past week, I attended a memorial service for a good friend of mine that some of you may remember. His name is Scott Ritchie. And some of us in the parish know him because of our cooperation and partnership with Justice Center, a Methodist group that was gathered together that is a day resource place for senior homeless, veteran homeless, and they're able to do many good works, and our parish has been in partnership with him for a long time. Scott died in May. I was very sad of all the good things he's done. He was a seminarian when I first met him at St. Maria Goretti, and he became a Catholic priest and served for a few years. Eventually, he became a Methodist minister and started a couple of, of uh, well, the Justice Center as well, but served in a couple of uh, churches for the Methodist Church. And he's been ill for quite a while, and eventually he died in May. And so we went to his service, and I'm just listening to the different eulogies and the people that attended there, and I just watched. Do you know, there were people from the seminary when he was there many years ago. One, in fact, is a priest for the Diocese of Reno and spoke on his behalf at that Central Methodist Church. And then his former bishop was there, the woman bishop that was here now in Los Angeles. She came and spoke. There were different people also that were part of the Catholic faith. Uh, so a few priests were there, including myself, a Roman Catholic priest. There were also Methodist ministers that were there, a number of them, and also a Methodist parishioners that followed him. A number of homeless people were there that, were, that remember him from there, no longer are, or have worked with him as well. There were also people from AA and other groups that he was a part of, that he talked about sobriety. And they talked about his life in different areas. So I looked around, and there were a number of people there. Just unbelievable from every walk of life that you can imagine. Everyone that he touched represented there. And, you know, I'm looking at these scripture readings preparing after the, after the memorial service, and I said to myself, my goodness, Scott is the most richest person I've met in a long time. He didn't have a lot of money. Didn't have a lot of resources and lived in, in really great expense and all. But I tell you, he was so rich in friendships, relationships, that people took time to remember him, even when he died in May, to come and gather together. And they were many who would have been there, but for whatever reason couldn't. And I began to realize then that God is really reminding us that it's not our resources of materialism, our possessions, that gain us entrance into the kingdom of God. But our richness is found in our relationship with people and how we behave towards one another. That's what Mark's gospel of many things today is talking about. Chapter 10 is not our favorite gospel in Mark. I want you to know that. Because there are three teachings about wealth. And it's about Mark saying in his theology, there is the potential for wealth to be an obstacle to being a disciple of Jesus and entering the kingdom of heaven. Today on his trip to Jerusalem, his final destination, a man approaches him. We don't know much about him, but he says, Lord, sir, what can I do? 
What else do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And of course, we know that Jesus responds with, with some commandments. And Mark tells us really nowhere else but here where Jesus says he loved this man. He looked with him with love. And then he invited him to follow him completely by detaching from things. And that's when we find out the man is wealthy at that point. And he walks away, and Jesus says he has much to give up, and he's not willing to do that. The disciples are out of their minds when Jesus begins to say that, you know what, wealth is an obstacle to following. They, they are pulling Jesus aside and saying, well, wait a minute, this is heresy. Because in Judaism, we are taught that wealth is a sign of favor to God from God to us. Wealth means we are blessed by God. What are you talking about? And notice what one of them, and really the disciples asked the question of, that you and I would ask him too, that if we're going to give up everything else, Jesus, what's in it for us? What are we going to gain by detaching from things and following you? Remember, you and I in our Western mindset are thinking the man's going to have to empty his bank account, cash in all his stocks and give it away, and it's all m money and material. That's not what's happening there. Something deeper. The man is asked to leave family, a social network that was important for the ancient Mediterranean world. That's suicide economically. Also to give up his home and his land things that are very much central to the mindset and the customs in society at that time. Jesus is asking the man and others to leave those kind of things. And the disciples ask, well, what's in it for us? And here's what Jesus says. You're going to make new friends. You're going to meet new people. You're going to develop people that you will be close to and love. And basically what he's saying is what Scott Ritchie lived. You will be rich in relationships with people. Now, I don't know if that's what we want to hear. But Jesus is reminding us through Mark's gospel, everything is about relationship with people and how we serve in our behavior towards people. Notice that the man asks, what is it must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus gives them not all Ten Commandments. Notice the commandments he gives to him. Every commandment that deals with relationship to people. The commandments he quotes are those that have to do with our relationships with people. That we are in right relationship with one another. And so twice in the gospel, people matter more. The lives of the people matter more. And that's the entrance into the kingdom of God. And yet we hear something that's really difficult, that's even hard to understand. All people, including at that time, had a problem. It's easier, I tell you, for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. What could he be meaning? It means that our resources don't give us access. It's people that do. You know, when the Arizona Cardinals moved to Arizona in 1988, my brother and I were so excited, so we thought we could get season tickets, and we did, because we were excited that professional football was coming to Arizona. Some seasons were still waiting. Not this year, huh? 
And so here we are then excited, and we go to a place called Sun Devil Stadium. Can I say devil at Mass here? Sun Devil Stadium, huh? And I don't know if you've been in the heat at 12 noon, 1 o'clock in the afternoon outside, even in September, October, it is hot. Let me tell you, I am not afraid of hell. Because <laughs> I would tell Satan, uh, I've been to ASU Stadium, and I survived it. It was hot, and we did that for a few seasons, but we were so excited. So there we are, and we're comfortable, but then I noticed a section at ASU at that time called the loge seating. The loge seating had individual seats that were extra wide, and you know, they had all the food you could eat, and there were no lines for the bathroom. And so I told my brother, let's put our resources together and let's go. Oh my God, it was heaven. I turned to my brother and we both said, we will never seat in the bleachers again. It was great. We got new status. We're comfortable. We couldn't imagine going to the heat. We were under the shade. Everything we wanted was there. And then a parishioner once invited my brother and I to a simple thing called a skybox. Wow! And so we went there, and you know there's only 12 people in there, so there's not a lot of people to fight with. All the food that you want, a little private bathroom, TV screen. We can never go back to the loge. This is great. <laughs> what happens is that you and I become comfortable with what our resources can provide for us. And we can't imagine a life, anything that's different. This is what we're accustomed to. And so many of us, when we think of heaven, it's going to be exactly economically. We're going to have the same status, the same ability to do and enjoy the things in life because we've worked hard. We've earned it. We'll even say we've been blessed. And what disciples are saying here, what the gospel is saying, is those things do not guarantee us access. You cannot buy your way into heaven. You cannot buy your way into discipleship. That when we are not controlled by those things, and that we know that our moral behavior towards other people is exactly what God wants from us, that's when we inherit eternal life. And that's why all four Gospels, I keep reminding you, always talk about our behavior toward our neighbor. You and I give witness to discipleship of Jesus Christ in the way that we treat one another. Not just to those we like, not just to those we agree, not just to those who are Catholic or do Catholic things. There needs to be a consistency with every person, and Jesus models that and demands that of his disciples. And that's why as we celebrate Respect Life Month, we look at today's scripture, and it reminds us it's not our possessions, not our wealth that gives us eternal life, but it's our matter in the way that we treat every person. When Jesus says, these are the commandments to follow, and he gives every commandment in the way that you treat one another and relationship. When Jesus tells us, what, when we're asking, what's in it for us? What do we get out of giving everything up? Jesus says you will have more friends, more family than you could ever imagine. And I think we don't have to wait until we die to figure out whether we're rich or not. It's by our relationships with one another. And so during this time, we remind you of Catholic teaching. Please know that on our website, 
You can go to the website and you open it. The first thing that will show is our big page on Respect Life. In that page is my last week's homily that will tell you again why we have it and how we live life issues at St. Patrick's. Also in there are the different life issues. There's more than one issue in life that we're concerned about. It is a way of life. It is a consistency because we will never convert anyone if we're only concerned about one issue and we are blind to wherever people are at. It has to be a consistent way of life. And so there are different issues that we offer, and we ask three things. Pray, reflect, and act on the one issue that's important to you. Also is a teaching resource guide that tells you the exact teaching of our Catholic faith. Many Catholics, unfortunately, get all their formation from Aunt Fred who's never read a theology book in 20 years. And we're the ones saying, oh, the church only wants one issue. The church only matters about one thing. That's not true. The church is consistent in every area of life. Just as I preached last week, the church has to meet people where they're at in life issues. Some of you, and again, I talked this week to some of you who are taking care of elderly people, your parents, your grandparents, a family member that's very uh, old and needs extra assistance, and you know what? It's 24-7 taking care of them. How do you convince them they can't drive anymore? How do you convince them it's best to move into a facility? I can't give them up because that's not what family does. It, all it is is it's a constant struggle, and that might be your issue of life at the moment. It doesn't mean you're not pro-life and other issues. Some of you deal with sick family members that are constantly going to the doctor and all. And that's your, that's your way that just absorbs you 24-7. You look at the doctor bills. You look at appointments. You look at pills. You do all that stuff. And just because you're not being vocal about other issues doesn't mean you're not pro-life. You are there experiencing pro-life by taking care of someone who's ill in your family. Someone has someone in prison. And all you can think about is your loved one in prison. Are they safe? Are they being treated properly? Will they come out okay? Or are they going to survive in there? And that's all you can think about. Sometimes you might have, as I mentioned before, that you have family members that are the age of pregnancy or can cause pregnancy. And that might be your focal point because you're concerned. And you want to protect life, but that's not the only issue. But that might be your issue in the moment in your life, and it changes at different stages. And so the church cannot just meet people and say, there's only one issue to worry about, and anything less, it doesn't matter, because one life is more innocent than the other. We can't get into the hierarchical arguments and saying one life is more important than another. It's a consistency of way of life. And we will never convert or change anyone's heart if we pick and choose who we like better. I have never converted by someone demanding that I think like they do. I've never changed my heart or mind saying only one way, and yet their whole behavior is really blind to the needs of others. I've never done that, and I probably never will. But you know who changes my hearts and mind? People who are consistent. Scott Ritchie met everyone where they were at, and every, every eulogy on him was saying one thing. He made people 
feel at ease no matter where they were in life. And that's why the homeless, the clergy, the Methodists, the Catholics, the politicians, the nobodies, the higher-ups, that's why they all attended Scott's service. That's why he's one of the richest people I've ever met. Riches in the kingdom of God is not about our status and how much we make. It's simply about how many friends we've made along the way. At this time, we'd like to share with you a video of another life issue, this time our ministry of life issue for the elderly. I'd ask you to watch this video, one of many ministries at St. Patrick's on life issues. My ministry brings life through joy. Okay, The Great Pretenders is a, uh, a lip-syncing music group. Obviously, we pretend to sing. We don't sing, and that's a good thing. And we visit the uh, local nursing homes, hospitals, uh, places like that, who have people who have been living there for a long time. They are anywhere from independent living to uh, memory care. The memory care folks are uh, not aware of what's going on when we come in. Uh, and after a few minutes of uh, them getting adjusted and used to us, uh, then the music starts and it's amazing to see the light in their eyes and their smile. And next thing you know, their feet are tapping, their hands are going, and they actually sing with us sometimes. And occasionally they get up and dance with us, uh, where before that they were pretty much just sitting by themselves in a chair. When the music stops, it all goes back. But as we say, uh, the ultimate memories that we have is food and music. I happen to live in an assisted living uh, situation myself. It's important to, for people to come in and have visitors. Otherwise, we sit around pretty much all day. We're either in our room or now if you play cards, you'll never be lonely because there's card games going on all over the place. Sometimes they do play for money, but uh, it's not a lot of money. Uh, but it's, it's important for people to come in and have visitors. Uh, without them, we're just a hundred people that are just kind of walking around all day long. From the moment of conception until la the last natural breath, we respect life. Thank you for listening to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Homily Podcast. We are Christian Disciples in Mission 